Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 302 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find a link to someone I think is the quintessential Californian bohemian dream girl, just a real hippie witch, Nixie Marie. Welcome to the show, Nixie. (laughs) Well, that was a cool introduction. Thank you, love. Hi, happy to be here. Hi, you do so many things. Who knows where this conversation is going to go today? (laughs) That is very true. So Nixie Marie, for those of you who don't know, she is an artist. She does really beautiful mandala artwork. She's a healer. She is host of the I Am Goddess Collective podcast. She does so many things, so many things. And uh, I like that the tagline on your website, uh, Nixie says, empowerment through the sacred feminine. So I thought we could start there because that seems to run through everything you do. So I would just love to get your take on that. Mm. Yeah, I made a very clear... I I wrote that with this full realization that that gets to be in everything that I do. So I kind of love how you said that it runs through everything because it's sort of like this funnel, you know, and it just bleeds through all of my ways of being and and projects. And the way that I see that really manifesting in this 3D world is that I, I find that when I'm empowered and I'm in a place of moving with the flow, allowing things to flow to me and to really activate like my true power and harness that feeling all comes from that feminine energy because I am a woman, of course, in this body, but I I feel that there's the feminine energy, that, that empowerment from the sacred feminine that is something that I wasn't really connected to for most of my life. So my spiritual journey has led me to goddess work, goddess magic, being and owning my powers as a witch. And all of that really is under this umbrella of the sacred feminine. And I have so much to talk about within like what the sacred feminine is. But to me, it's it's this energy and this embodiment of the way of the goddess, the way of the woman. And I kind of see her in four different archetypal forms, one being this creative, well, I call her the creative fairy because I'm also like really connected to the fairy realms. And I call her the, oh, I got to remember how I like embody all of them because I like to add this creative way of um, wording them. But the warrior priestess who's this this just embodiment of full, pulling in a little bit of that masculine energy, kind of we can see that through when we get things done, take action, 
be courageous. And I also see her in this way of being in a sacred sexual dance with herself and also her partner or partners or however she sees her sexuality, but connecting to that. And the last one is really the the earth mother, someone who's connected to the ground and being able to connect to nature. And I really embody like those four archetypes is, is really how I see the sacred feminine and how I see her being able to empower us and be her within all of the things that we do. So it's kind of a big answer to that question. I, but. <laughs> love, I love it. Of course, my mind immediately goes to like the four queens and tarot and the four elements. And I, I have my idea about how that fits with the four elements, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm thinking like the fairy is the air and the warrior is the wands and uh, or fire. I'm, I'm like, going, yeah. I'm going from tarot keep to it elements. Going, keep it going. <laughs> Cups. Cups, water is the lover, and uh, Earth Mother, that's pretty obvious, right? Pentacles yep. and Earth. Did I, did I get it right? Totally did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So fairies, that interests me. I love when people come on here and talk about things that I don't believe in. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, well, I, my thing on fairies is I think uh, dragonflies, bees, hummingbirds, to me, those are the fairies. And then also these little light spots that I see that I can't quite identify. Like when you relax in the sunlight, you know, like you look up mm-hmm. and you can see like this kind of vortex of millions of little dots of light. And uh, it's not that I don't believe. No, I don't believe. I'm open to them being a reality. Because I, I have so many friends that are like, no, fairies are real. They're definitely real. There's other people that think it's an energy. Can you tell me how you experience fairies? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you're also saying that you don't believe in them. Because I think that's such a beautiful, obviously, vulnerable truth. And it's just like, this is real. You know, we don't even have to think the, the same thing to be in this world. And that's the beauty of like this this free spirit and soul. I don't know where I'm going with this, but anyways, okay, back to the fairies. That's, that's me having a fairy moment of just like, I'm going to go and sparkly moment of Mm -hmm. the shiny thing. Okay. Anyways. So for me, fairies are the way I like to describe them are, is through imagination. So I believe that when we all believe in one thing, one vibration, one element, entity, source, story, um, anything that we put a belief to, it can become real because we're putting enough energy there. So in my world, I believe that fairies are completely real, but that they don't necessarily exist in this physical like 3D dimension. I feel like they're in another realm that we can't quite see. So I feel them around me in ways like they're supporting me to create certain types of businesses or to be creative because that's really where the creative fairy comes from. It's like sometimes I'll just literally have a moment and just talk to and communicate with them. And I could just be the crazy woman who's up living in a yurt talking to imaginary things for sure. But (laughs) in my world, (laughs) I just like to fully embrace it. And I used to always as a kid talk to these 
um, things that weren't really here, right? I just had imaginary friends all the time. And now going back, I'm like, oh, it was just talking to the fairies. And I would create like little worlds of, of things in my imagination between my stuffed animals and between the fairies. And I was just actually down in this uh, local, I live in Topanga up in uh, Los Angeles. And I was down at the local shop yesterday and they sell all these really cool, it's kind of a metaphysical shop and sell all these different things. And they had these little chairs that were like fairy chairs. You know, I don't know if you've seen some Mm -hmm. fairy type like creations all over um, that people kind of do. But to me, that's like a perfect example. So if we were to look at this little fairy chair that was made, like we can't even see if there's like a real fairy. Of course, a bee is not going to go sit in it. Like a dragonfly is not going <laughs> to go sit in it. But it just provides for this like imagination to take over and to pretend in a sense that there's there's these fairies that are called and drawn to that chair and want to sit down and create their own little world. So it's like bringing the other realms and the other other worldly things that we can't quite see in our physical bodies into this physical into this physical experience by creating little worlds for them. So, I think that's my perception on fairies and um yeah, it's not too far off from mine. I am not saying I don't enjoy fairies. <laughs> I'm saying I don't know if they really exist and what you're saying about imagination, everything exists on that realm. Mm-hmm. Everything. And the more you can suspend disbelief, the more real it is. I totally agree, too, about a large collective of people investing in a certain kind of energy makes it more real. And I happen to love fairy furniture and fairy doors. So it's, <laughs> it's, no, it's no diss to the people that are, that are just hardcore fairy lovers. I just remain, I always have like one little foot in the witchy world and one in the skeptical world and, and try to... I don't know. I'm always trying to make friends with those two sides of myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I hear you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess you already said the word yurt and topanga. So let's just go there, too, because we I was just on your podcast. So we're just continuing that conversation here. I hope people will check out both. But we, we did talk about it there. And I just think it's such a fun part of your reality that you live in a yurt in Topanga. So can you tell people what a yurt is and what a Topanga is? <laughs> yeah. So I want to share the story about how I ended up living in a yurt first. Well, first I'll say what a yurt is. And it's basically, it's sort of like a, a, a version of a teepee, but it's a dome-like structure. And it's actually a perfect shape and the perfect formation, so they say, in the whole contracting world of creating homes and things because it's something that is circular so I don't really know why but I I think that it's mostly because of how it's it's built and back in the days when our ancestors would travel they had yurts and they lived in yurts so it's a very tribal Native American it's very earthy it is something that like really called to me and originally this this yurt was built for shamanic journeying and ceremonies so there's a lot of that medicine that like runs through the walls I feel like here Um, not only is it literally on the land so I get to experience mother earth in a whole different way and um, how I manifested this place was pretty crazy because I was in a very interesting place in my life kind of between I was moving out 
with uh, an ex-relationship that was very unhealthy, you know, that whole storyline, just completely letting go of all the mediocre, like, bullshit in my life that just doesn't serve me, mm-hmm. as is, like, a continuous thing with being a witch, you know? Yes. <laughs> and I was in between sort of a, like, staying at a friend's house Then I moved in there and still in between, like knew I wasn't supposed to be there for long, but I ended up being there much longer than I thought I would because LA is kind of like that. It's not easy to find places to live in LA. I mean, that's a story. We can create whatever we want. Yes, but it really can be like I was calling in at that time my space. Like I get to find my space that's going to be for me to heal, do the work. Can you still hear me? Yeah, can you, you uh, let's end it, MySpace. Can you pick that up? Because it, it just cut out for just a second. So you were calling okay. in your space. Okay, so I was calling in my space, like the place that I get to recharge, heal my temple, you know, all of it. I'm all about creating sacred space and homes and and making sure our my environment and our environments, which is another project I'm sure we'll get into later, is um, is in a place of where I can thrive. And most of the places that I had lived in L.A., I was not thriving in. And I was not really able to express myself, be creative, work on my projects, be alone. I'm very um, – I love my solitude. So I met my current partner, and we were dating for a few months. And ever since we met, things really started to change in my life. And it was it has a lot to do with our soul contract, I believe, and also his support and and the ability to help get me kind of like in this higher level of belief in my life. Because I kind of, you know, when you have like somebody come into your life and they're like, I believe in you and they see you in this way, that's Mm. just not really like anybody else has seen you. And then it just kind of gave me this key of unlocking my power in even a greater way. So I was able to start really manifesting what I wanted. So I was actually going to move into this place in Culver City and it was it was a cute like backhouse guest studio. It was something I literally got the rent down to exactly what I needed. Would have been perfect, but there was a few things about it that I was like, mm, "My body's not feeling it." Like the the landlord wanted me to not actually um, live like with like my boyfriend wasn't able to come visit and I think she was really afraid that he was going to live there I'm like no 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 my boyfriend's well off he does he has his like two he has like his loft and his boat like he's not going to live with me <laughs> that's not the story so I don't know what she was tripping about but I think it was very much like her own fears so I, I had some weird things around that and then my cat who's the ultimate master manifester in this whole thing he his name is Dumbledore I'm a total Harry Potter nerd yay (laughs) yep truth's out and um I really was like okay is this place gonna be good for him and I had communicated that with like I had a cat before we wrote the contract up but then she sent me the contract when we were I was about to move in like literally in a week and it says on the contract no pets and I was like wait a minute What's going on here? This is a big no from the universe. Like, I, I'm not supposed to live here. And so I talked to her about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, we thought about it. We want to eventually live there. And we're allergic to cats. So I'm sure that we just they're don't allergic, have it. They're allergic to cats. I don't know why we keep cutting out. But um, you said they're allergic to cats. Okay. So they're allergic to cats. So they didn't want to have any cat 
in that guest house because eventually they wanted to use it. I don't know. So many, so many things that kept coming up. So I just like said in a really quick, like universal prayer. Okay. Clearly I'm not meant to be here. Please send me the place that I'm meant to be like ASAP. <laughs> this mm. is not like, cause I was actually staying with my boyfriend at the time. He gave me this like a month to basically stay there and to kind of save up more money to be able to move into my place. And I was like, okay, this is not how we're going to end up living together. Like, no way. So please like give me the, the answer. And all of a sudden I remembered that this woman I had met like a year ago from that time had a year in Topanga and she was renting it out. And I was like, you know, it would be so crazy if it's available. So I just reached out to her and sure enough, she literally says, I can't believe you're you're reaching out to me right now. I literally have my tenant leaving on June 1st and I need a new tenant. I haven't even started to look, but I've been calling in another fairy sister who like wears <gasps> feather earrings and like would really just really thrive in this space. And it's also like fully furnished. So you wouldn't need to worry about that. And I, I she sends me the photos and I freak out. I'm like, whoa, this is almost like too good to be true. Like, how did this just happen? And it's the date that I need it. It's the exact money that I can afford to pay at the time. And it was just like so magical. So the synchronicities were so crazy. And I just I came to see it and I was like, absolutely, yes. So that's how I really manifested the priestess palace that I like to call it. And um, I've been here for almost a year now, and it's just been such a beautiful place to to live. And there's a lot of things I've learned. I've been facing lots of fears. Like, honestly, when you live with nature, you learn the shadow side of her a lot more than you do the light because there's that darkness at night, like in the woods when you're kind of by yourself. And it's just like, oh, okay. Like, it, it's a little creepy, but mm. I'm going to I'm going to gain confidence like in this shadow parts of her as well as through myself. Like I was so afraid of spiders through a conversation and like kind of programming from my dad. He used to chase me with spiders around the house after he would kill them. So naturally I created a fear around it and uh, I've been really working when communing with them here because they are real. Like when I first moved in, there were so many spiders in the place because it felt very deserted. There was not a lot of like energy here living in the space the girl that was here before just felt like she wasn't really here so anyways that's that's my story and I can answer any questions you have about what it's like to live in a yurt of course yeah. <laughs> there's things. you know what's so interesting literally this morning uh I have a project I've been working on for years and sometimes for the fun of it I just pull it out and I start working on it again and I was researching um Native Americans, the Esalen Indians that live up. We talked about Big Sur being my favorite place last time we talked. Mm -hmm. um, they're the Native Americans that lived up there originally. And we don't have a lot of information about them. But this piece I was reading was say, we, we think they lived in these dome-shaped uh, structures that they built. And when you were talking about how the yurt is the perfect shape, I was thinking, and they knew it. <laughs> it's, <so> funny. <laughs> it's funny how we have to relearn these things. Or living in the forest, or even, I mean, in Topanga, just in the little bit of wild that you can capture here in Los Angeles, just the vulnerability of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, wait, we didn't tell them about Topanga either. 
Uh, you're right. I just realized we did. I didn't. I didn't get to that. So yeah, Topanga is this very magical vortex. I like. I think the word vortex is, fits it perfectly because once you enter, first of all, it's like down PCH if you're heading towards Malibu and you turn right on Topanga Canyon and then you go up these this windy road through the rocks and there's trees and you kind of just start to feel a shift, at least I do. And I've been told other people feel that too, like when you enter into this this place because it's it's a very small town vibe. Um, there's so many eclectic people here, a lot of artists, a lot of like, there's so many different layers to this place. There's like the, the hippies who have been here for years and years and years and years and years and decades. And they've, you know, raised kids here and their kids have like fully revolted against the hippie culture. Cause they're like, I never want to be like my weird, crazy parents who worship the moon. Right. I'm like the complete opposite and didn't have any of that. So I like naturally feel so drawn to it. And then there's like the billionaire rich people up here who are, you know, wealthy and abundant in all those ways. And and, um, you know, big lawyers. So there's like so many different la- layers of, of society here. And we're all kind of like merging forces. And I feel like you go around at the shops and, and everybody's just wants to talk. I've yet to find anybody who's like not, you know, very friendly. And uh, then you live on in land and nature. And there's just so much to learn from from I'm I mean, of course, being a witch and practicing the craft, it's really a opportunity for us to connect to nature and spirituality and um, the the universal laws in that way. And I just feel like all of a sudden, that's what's being so present and more downloaded to me every day that I'm here. So the, it's like the rabbit hole just gets deeper and deeper up here. So I really feel like and there's so many beautiful hikes and I got to see deer every morning for a while when I first moved here. They're, they haven't really visited that much. I think it's a seasonal thing. But yeah, I was going to ask you about the seasons. How did you not that we get mega seasons here in Los Angeles, but <laughs> but how's it been now that you've been there a whole year like and you've experienced the wheel of the year in this? Yeah, world? it's it's really magical because magical is like my favorite word, by the way. I've probably said it millions of times Me so too. far. <laughs> and Me too. Um, we're speaking the same language. <laughs> yeah, well. Not only do I get to look at, like, watch the land, that's my front yard, I get to experience the light in all these different ways. So in my yurt, it's kind of a a big giant clock. So there's, I can look at one part of my yurt and I know, okay, it's, it's 11 o'clock right now. And now that we just had the time change, I get to kind of shift with that and figure it out. But seeing nature just take over, even maybe overnight, like one of the nights all of a sudden there's a flower that burst in the next morning and but I get to watch like that seed that grew from our rain that we recently had here and then all of a sudden there's this plant and now there's a flower and it's like whoa and everything's super colorful and super green and so the yes we don't have a lot of seasons but once you're really that close to nature and land period I really have started to see how quickly things um, shift and change, but how things also take time to do so, like how the seasons roll around. So like right now it's green, but during summertime, it's going to go back to that dry, um, like branches. There won't be a lot of grass. There's going to be much more Maybe there's going to be certain flowers on this one tree that I remember being here in summertime. And and then I've got a lemon tree and a 
orange tree and the orange tree just burst open like and so much beautiful fruit came from that uh, a couple months ago. So it's like just being able to tune into the cycles and recognize that some cycles there are times for us and nature to give birth and plant and the flowers to to blossom and then sometimes it's time for her to just be in the grayscale of things and not be bursting with her creative forces but more it feels like a shadowy time which is what is sort of the end of summer so it's just been a very interesting to to watch it all before my eyes and mm. see things you know and re- remind myself that I'm also cyclical and I'm I'm able to connect to those rhythms and know that sometimes I'm supposed to be creating and birthing things and sometimes I'm just not so yes yes yeah you know it's interesting um something about Los Angeles that and well I grew up you grew up in California too right we both did you yeah up, you're I, Orange I, County I'm, Baker, <laughs> I'm Bakersfield so uh, yeah LA was sandwiched between us but growing up here and then living in LA, I've, I've been here for a really long time, a few decades, a couple decades. But um, I used to always get really depressed in the summertime. And I've really come to see summer kind of, it, this is so antithetical, I guess, to how other people see it, but as a time of death because everything in LA dies. Like the grass dies, so many of the plants die, everything turns very crispy <laughs> and brown. And the heat, especially like you said, at the end of the summer and then going into the beginning of the fall can be just oppressive, you know, where you feel very, very heavy. And so it's interesting when you start working with the wheel of the year and you get really in touch with the land you live on and and the climate that you live in, how it starts to take on a life of its own. If you're sensitive and you're paying attention, it, it gets very specific to to the place you live in and how it impacts you absolutely yeah I I, I've always felt that way too and honestly the heat this year was really or last year was really a challenge to battle in this yurt I'm not covered by a lot of trees so it was 90 degrees inside for quite some time and we were my boyfriend and I were trying to figure out how to really navigate it all and because I couldn't work here I couldn't be inside my cat couldn't be inside and um, it, I've kind of faced a lot of frustration and I was like that's where the the shamanic like medicine comes through it's like I wanted to get angry and upset and frustrated like why am I here how come I was brought here and and just like it wasn't fun for a while and and I a lot of other things brought up were brought up naturally through that period so this year I'm like I'm going to be fully prepared and have an AC installed and it's going to be fine Mm. but it was you know just it was interesting how um, there's been those moments uh, living on the land where like I don't have hot water in my sink, in my kitchen. Um, I am on propane here. I have a shower outside. So now when it's really cold or raining, like I don't get to shower. So there's just these small little things that I've I realize like we have so much access to. So I am now in this humble place of, wow, I, I used to take so much things for granted, like having a shower 
like a warm shower <laughs> sometimes now I'm like okay here we go we're going in the shower it's gonna be cold <laughs> but it's gonna be uncomfortable but I'm gonna enjoy like the whole process because I've learned to just enjoy it you know there's there's nothing else that I can do because if I woke up and I was like oh oh my gosh I have to go take a shower like that's such a chore you know well now I'm just looking at it as it wakes me up I'm kind of cold a little bit but once I hit the hot water it's amazing and beautiful and the trees are around me and then at night it's like I get to shower in the stars and that's a whole nother experience so it's so fascinating like kind of going backwards in my life of how I went from Orange County to like you know that's a a wealthy area and then now I'm like not to say that I'm not abundant or wealthy in those ways but I just view things differently now because I'm I'm living in a way where it's not so common Mm -hmm. yeah it's so great to have that experience as a witch I think as well yeah definitely Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's brought me closer to my my witchy ways absolutely yeah the vulnerability of it but also like talking about I mean talk about a sweat lodge (laughs) being in like yeah it's isn't it interesting how heat brings up anger it really does, actually. It really does. It's that fire. It's like, oh, you know, just I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Like, uh, yeah, I don't I don't do well in really cold temperatures. And then I don't do well in really, really, really hot temperatures, like where I feel like I'm like melting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now nature's like, how about a cold shower? <laughs> how about right. a 90 degree yurt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's how we manifest like the things that are going to honestly allow us to grow mm-hmm. right you know it's like oh you want to take yourself on this well okay here you go here's here's something for you to learn from yeah like, okay <laughs> well I want to ask you about being a witch too because I that means something different to every witch I, whenever people are like asking me about that what is what does it mean to be a witch it ask a different witch you'll get a different answer it like means something different to all of us I think so what does it mean to you well, for me, I love that you asked that question because I think the word alone has has been it's gone through a lot lately. Um, just not even lately for the past decades, that word has been so feared, so has had so much weight to it. And to start off, I I really made a conscious choice to embody it and to not fear it myself because there was a time where I also. I had a different perception on it where I was programmed to think of immediately when I thought of which it was the Disney classic Disney story of the, the witch and snow white giving her the apple. And that's really the programming, you know, that we have as a society tended to lean towards. And so I got to really initiate myself into embodying the word And then I got to embody what it actually means to have that type of lifestyle because I feel like to be a witch is a lifestyle. It's a practice of being connected to the cycles, to the wheel of the year, to nature, to my own self and healing my own self and um, therefore being able to share that, that gift with others. And she's really, for me, she's shown up as the medicine woman and the herbalist and um, the the craft like crafts woman. I don't know. There's just so many layers to to being a witch. I feel, but the one that I'm feeling, I feel like there's 
the layers unfold through different chapters in our lives. And the first chapter for me was really getting into the tarot and divination and oracle readings and all of that. And now I'm moving into the herbs and the like what nature's gifts are for us to use and making potions and um, all of that stuff. So it's just, it it seems to like shift it has for me. And I think it's really beautiful to just embrace all of it and to see like what else I haven't explored and what, how much deeper can I go with my relationship to being a witch. And um, so I feel like it's really just understanding all these old ancient like passed down gifts that we really do have and remembering those gifts and being really tuned in. Nature is just every time I think of the word witch, I think of Gaia and Mama Earth and that it's such a grounding practice to be with and to have that lifestyle because we're naturally healers. We're naturally medicine women. We're naturally creators and birthers and doulas and um, midwives and all of those beautiful gifts that have been shunned for for so many decades. And really right now, our time is to just remember that all. Mm-hmm. So, it, I think it is a very timely thing. Somebody just wrote something to me, someone I don't know on Twitter. He, uh, it's kind of a long story, but I, I posted a picture of a sticker of mine that someone put on their phone that says Hippie Witch. And he commented about, like, that he's a real hippie, basically. Like, he grew up in that time, and uh, or he came of age at that time. And, you know, there was so much war and strife and conflict. But then on the flip side, you know, you had, like, free love and, all, you know, all this hippie stuff. And I think it's interesting to see echoes of that today. And I don't just think that you know, when we lean into witchy things, when we lean into hippie ideals or getting in touch with Mother Earth and things like that, I don't think it's just this reaction to that kind of darkness, I guess, that so many of us feel, but that is a necessity. It's like a necessity and to bring us back to what we are and where we are before we destroy it. Mm, Right, exactly. I feel like the rise of the witch is what will support in the healing of the planet. I hope. I hope you're right. I hope so too. <laughs> you right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it can just start on a very personal level, even if you don't call yourself a witch, but just shedding old programming. And for me, like shadow work has always been, especially lately, I've been seeing it as the process of learning to love yourself on a deeper and deeper layer, deeper and deeper level. And I think the more of us that do that, the better off we'll be that you don't necessarily have to jump into activism, for example, right away, that you can really kind of bring it down to a micro level and focus on changing yourself because that's contagious. It's infectious. It's contagious. And you're not just taking responsibility for your place in the story that we're all living here together, but hopefully you're influencing the stories around you as well. You know, I really love how you brought that out because I'm so, um, when I say change the world, I actually really mean change yourself, like change yourself or heal the world or heal heal thyself because um, it doesn't start like you can't, like I couldn't even be on this podcast if I hadn't have gone through 
a lot of healing and um, ch- made shifts in my life to get myself to a place where I could even speak about all of this magic and and feel confident in speaking about it. And the small conscious choices that I make in my life are like, okay, I recycle now. Um, Maybe I don't buy so much plastic. I don't even get plastic water bottles. I have my own water bottle that I refill. And if I do buy water bottles, it's glass. And I'm very passionate about those small little things that I know can make a big change in the environment. And also I go, when I, I was at the beach yesterday walking after I had a client and I was just sitting with the beach and like sitting with the water and I had kind of kicked myself in the sand really I was like dang it I didn't bring a bag like I I love having bags in my car when I go to the beach because I'm able to pick up trash so it's just like those types of things of of that becoming our lifestyle like this is going to take a tribe it's going to take a village but it really starts with the self and I I feel so passionately about that because once we make those small changes I know it sounds like well if I'm just the only one doing it then how is it really going to make change well because it's just like going back to the conversation of belief of like when we all put our energy towards that one thing and that one focus it begins to manifest and if more of us begin to make those small small changes in our daily lives then how how like beautiful would it be if we could really just like move more and more in that direction mm-hmm. yeah you and my son would get along great because he, <laughs> he i um he has autism and he, so he has a very innocent i think very clear perspective of the world and I am like the busy mother who's doing everything for him and he's Mm -hmm. the recycler here he's the one that's like because I'm just like I don't have the time for anything you know like go do and be and he's like taking things out of the trash and, and recycling them we have a recycling in the back and um and he picks up trash on the street. And I used to get so mad. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't touch that. It's dirty. But it just drives him crazy. He can't walk by a piece of trash on the ground. It just looks wrong. Like, he has to mm-hmm. make the world right that way. And I'm just like, wow, he's so cool. He's taught me so much just being his mom and the things that matter to him. And uh, he's a good role model to have under under the same roof, for sure. But you sitting, yeah. there, you sitting there on the beach like, I should have brought my bag to pick up the trash. Like, who thinks like that? Not too many of us do. Hopefully more do hearing you talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't used to always think that way. I actually used to think the complete opposite. One of my dear sisters who really introduced me, like, well, reminded me of my witchy craft powers. She really was like, we were up in San Francisco this one time, and I'll never forget this time because it really shifted my perception. So sometimes it does just take someone to say something to shift our mindset. But she, she had said to me, she was picking up trash on the floor, and she just said, you know, you can you can see the you'll be able to see the fairies if you pick up the trash because they want you to pick up the trash they don't like seeing it on the floor and so that's kind of going back to our fairy conversation but it really shifted me and I was like oh I don't care though like I literally said to her I don't care about the planet or any of it I was in a very what I like to call bad bitch phase of my life where everything (laughs) was like I don't care my parents just got divorced I just started going to raves I was all about the like rebellion 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 And so I just didn't care. And she was like, how do you not care? Like, this is the planet. This is Mother Earth. Like, how can you not care? And 
even though I, I tried to portray that I didn't care after she had said that, like powerful words of wisdom to me, it did shift something in me. And I was like, oh, maybe I should care more. You know, it didn't come until years later. And then I was like, oh, I really do actually care now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just it, it does. Sometimes it just takes a person and sometimes it takes a village and sometimes it takes our own like you hear it once one time and then you hear it another time and you're like, oh, that landed for me now. But it, it didn't land for me the last time I heard it. So I'm going to make that that change. But it is a constant remembering and reminding of each other because it, I can't sit here and be like, I'm perfect and I do it all the time. But when I see somebody else doing it and the community and tribe that I am really a part of here in L.A. is, is really always shows up to remind me of that, like the simple things, you know, it's not like showing up on Facebook and doing a live stream or doing a podcast and changing the world in that way or like that type of, you know, um, container. But it's also in like the real work too, in, in living our lives and like how we make those changes and how we're really kind of being in every day, every move that we make. Mm-hmm. So. And you never know who's watching. People are watching. It's like your friend's saying that to, to you and you probably having sass for her, like, whatever, hippie. You know, and then, like, but you remember it and you talk about it years later, right? And you just never know who's paying attention, even if you don't realize they are. Yeah, the fairies might be watching, too, so. That's true. I better not, <laughs> I better not badmouth them. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty of your work, because I want people to know what you do. You're a podcaster, and mm-hmm. your podcast is I Am Goddess Collective. Correct. Yes, uh, but you do a lot of other things. People can get oracle and tarot readings from you i'm really interested in in uh this new business that you're starting too just because even though people most of the listeners don't live in los angeles and can't take advantage of what you're doing i think it's still just something that they would just love to hear about so you want to tell us a little bit about your new business i would love to um so i have a lot to say about it i want to keep it in a very um short way of of the big introduction. So it was I was starting to pick up extra work in my life through TaskRabbit. There's this app called TaskRabbit and you can kind of pick up work and help, you know, people around your community and I started going to homes and organizing and cleaning and all of a sudden through this work I was like, "Whoa, there's something happening to me." Like I feel like I'm I've met the goddess like through this work. And then through many different people that I would meet, they were like, how are you, like, why are you doing this? You know, especially because my background is really was in like fashion design and, and all that stuff. So I was like finding myself completely off track. It felt like I was like, I'm an artist, I'm doing this. Like, why am I doing organizing and cleaning houses? Like what, what is that? And there was just like so many layers to it. So my new business to get right to the point is I, uh, I have started this spiritual cl- home cleaning business. So basically, it's called Nixie Dust Cleaning. Aww. And <laughs> I, didn't, I, I hadn't heard that yet. I love it. Yeah. So I had actually made this potion called Nixie Dust. And then my friend was like, I really need help with my home. Like, I'm really busy. And I know you're kind of doing this. Can you come over and just help me? And I was like, sure. So I come over and, and she's got all these altars and 
sacred spaces in her home. And I just like dove in and had so much fun rearranging things. And she kind of gave me the freedom to do what I felt intuitively was going to be able like to shift some energy around in her home. She was kind of going through some stuff too. So she just felt like, you know, there was a lot of energy and I would go in and like, I could see and can see the energetic layers to our home spaces. So it started unearthed and birthed this new thing and idea in me. And she was like, you're like a little fairy that cleans homes. Like, I love the way you, you just like brought all the magic into my home and everything feels different. And, um, I just love that it's like, you're like Nixie dust cleaning. And so she kind of created the name at that moment. And we, I have this like hashtag, like dust it off. So it's this whole like concept that it, it, it actually is fairy healing and cleaning. So that's where I'm like the more of the belief of fairies is really prominent in my life. And the logo is a fairy. And so I'm kind of just having fun with it. And now I have a team of cleaning fairies and they, I've trained them to go into homes and clean and also sage and cleanse. And we do feng shui. And uh, my apologies, there was a phone ringing. Mm. Um, <laughs> and we do, um, we're, we're also introducing these new services where we're going to go in and create packages for people who are looking to maybe manifest like a soul partner or attract abundance or shift careers or just sort of anything kind of like what I do with my, my paintings. Um, I always do like private consultations for those. So I want to really invite that into the home space because when we really think about this, like on as a whole, in our communities, in our lives, like we spend most of our time in our homes. Even if you have like a really busy nine to five job, you still come home and that home is a sacred space for you to recharge, to create memories with like people you love and for yourself to really be in this environment that's healthy and clean and beautiful and it, it should reflect who you are because I believe and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this that our inner worlds reflect our outer worlds absolutely and that really starts in the home so through my years of going into the homes in LA I recognize that a lot of people are not thriving and that a big part of what's going on in our world is how are we living what's going on in our environment so it's just this big thing that I feel like I'm unlocking this um, ability to see the world from a different perspective, a very vulnerable perspective, because going into homes is very vulnerable. It's it's a it's a very um, not everybody wants people to see what's really going on behind the closed door. Absolutely. So. I believe and the, the team that I've cultivated and manifested are mostly healers. So we all understand the energetics of, let's say, Reiki or um, just energy, period. And so we bring a different layer to just cleaning. You know, it's it's not just about that, because in order to cleanse not only our energy or environment, we have to get into the deep, gross parts, too. Like the toilet needs to be scrubbed with, you know, that gross part of our home that doesn't look really pretty like we got to get in those spots too because I believe like what's what's hiding underneath there you know whatever is hiding underneath maybe like for me right now I know I have some disorganization in my couch underneath it and that can mirror a lot of different things in my life so I like to 
communicate that with our clients and just educate them on, okay, so the kitchen is our symbol of wealth, which this is like feng shui techniques. So if the kitchen is constantly messy and there's stoves and like there's just muck everywhere, that could be related to your finances. So there's so many layers to like what we provide as services, but um, that's really the big grand vision that I have with with this business. So I'm really excited. Never thought thought I'd own a cleaning business, to be honest with you. Never saw that one coming. But <laughs> you know what? I think you're a guided person. I think you have a lot of faith and I think you're guided. I think that's how you ended up in your home. It sounds like that's how this business was created. And it shocked me when you said you actually have a team now of, of people that are, are doing going to be doing this work with you. It's fabulous. I also have a, a very strong belief that our souls, uh, we express them through our bodies and through our homes, both. And so when you said it's very vulnerable for people, like, yes, absolutely. It's like peeking into your very soul, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it, and there gets to be a lot of compassion in those vulnerable places, you know, so a big part of what I feel like when you say guided, I feel like I'm definitely guided, but I'm that guidance comes from like the Mary Magdalene energy of of being compassionate and really seeing the world for what it is and not judging each other because it's it's easy for me to go into a home and be like wow this person's a hoarder oh my gosh so much you know I could easily go down the judgment rabbit hole but for me what's been really healing is for me to be the humble servant and like come back down to the ground and realize I'm not somebody who's this hierarchy person that has a podcast and puts herself out there out into the world like I'm just like everyone else and I feel like that's something that really a lot of people don't um this is why I love podcasting first of all but I also think that with social media it's so easy to forget that mm-hmm. and um I really feel like this is like a whole nother layer of the sacred feminine activation because it's like doing the real work going into the real like vulnerable spaces and I, again, found the goddess through this because when we really think about it, and this is really fun to think about, is like witches had brooms for a reason. And we not only would sweep out old energy and cleanse and clean with them, but we also hid our magic in them because of the times when it was the burning times. And we had to hide like the things that we couldn't really exposed. So the broom is a very sacred symbol. And now that I'm like, oh okay, so the broom and I'm cleaning. Okay. Like it's, I've had past life readings around it and it's just been really profound to realize I am exactly where I'm meant to be and that this, this work is sacred and it's like, it's really deep. So I'm approaching it more in that way and being really real about it because for a long time I was sort of ashamed of it, you know, like, oh, I'm just cleaning houses and like my ego would get in the way and, Um, It was really challenging for me to go through this like whole rebirth. And so that's where the shadow work is beautiful and got to really like be a big part of it was was me like coming out of the shadow and realizing like, who am I really like, who do I think I am, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like someone someone called me the clean queen. And I was like, you know, I really like that. (laughs) You know, do you ever catch yourself? lost in the moment like I just 
saw myself, my hands are folded in front of my chest, like I'm praying, and I have this little smile on my face with my eyes closed, just nodding, nodding, nodding. I have a feeling that my listeners are falling in love with you right now. <laughs> For real, Aww. like so much heart and so you're just so interesting, Nixie. I could I could do this all day. Aw, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what about the people uh, that are listening that don't live in Los Angeles that are like, I love her. How do I work with her, though? Like, how can they work with you online? Yeah, so I've definitely got, like, online platforms where I can connect with people all over the world and not just be in L.A. Um, So if you go to NixieMarie.com, you can find some of the work that I do. You can find my paintings. You'll find a link to the podcast. And uh, pretty much everything's under that container. However, not my cleaning business. I'm keeping that somewhat separate from like who I am and how you can work with me online. So again, like you mentioned, I do tarot and oracle readings. I also do kind of soul guidance coaching. So the the readings seem to just be like a way to get uh, somebody to work with me. And then it sort of ends up looking something completely different. I'm sure you kind of get that too when you work with others because Mm -hmm. everybody's their own soul. And when I'm in that like channeling place of just being the vessel to be someone's guide, I guess, in a sense, and to mirror back that like I'm not really the guide, you're just looking at me because that's really what I believe Um, because it's also work for, for me too. It's like... It could be a meditation. It could be um, I create like a, a a challenge for you or it, it can look like so many different things. And I've also gotten requests to be um, kind of a, a mentor for, for being a witch. So that's sort of a fun thing that I like to do every now and then. But you can find me at NixieMarie.com. On Instagram, I'm NixieMarie underscore uh, the podcast. Everything on, on the podcast is I Am Goddess Collective. We also have an Instagram and Facebook. And we also have a private women's Facebook group. So if you are a woman that is listening right now and, and feel called to join like a, a online coven, so to say, you can just type in I Am Goddess Collective on Facebook search and join us. I would love to hear about your stories and we just kind of get on there and, and share what's going on and what's sort of a light from like the podcast conversation. So I'm all about that women empowerment. And I think that that reflects in pretty much everything that I do. <laughs> so, Agreed. I totally yeah. agree. Okay, so my favorite way to end these things is to ask the same question I've been asking for years, and it is this. What is your one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? Ooh, I love that question. That's awesome. Okay, what's the one tip? Honestly, start your day in a sacred, like, your your day gets to be this, like, sacred morning ritual. I think that's my secret sauce to everything that I do is it starts in my morning. So whether it be a meditation, whether it be going to work out, whether it be pulling a card or however that looks like for you, I think it's really important to raise our vibrations in the morning and and set our energy for the day so we can take on the world. Love it. Yes, it sets the tone for the whole day. Mm-hmm. And if you find, I have an addition to that. If you find yourself halfway through your day and everything is sucking, it's not too late to reset and to, to, to set the day over again. You can do it at 3 p.m. if you must. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was awesome. And uh, until we meet again, everybody, much love to you. Peace.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.